creating content that shows who you are and attracts the people you want to work with. My name is Trey McLeddy, and I'm building my company, McLeddy Media, into the best real estate content marketing company in the world. Welcome to my podcast, where I'll be teaching you everything I learned on how to build a better business and market yourself to get the right customers. Sixteen, start starting living on your own at seventeen years old is, yeah. is early, dude. Yeah, that, that, it that's was. awesome though that you that you had to experience that grind because obviously you run your business down market you. It's mm-hmm. doing really really well. You're growing at an exponential rate. It's awesome to see. Um, how do you feel like having to embrace that grind? Having like obviously you can just not work. You had rent to pay. You had bills yeah. to pay at an early age. How do you feel like that's benefited you as an entrepreneur that's growing his business? Yeah, that's a really really good question. Actually, like I. I think an element to it is just all about like routine, right? Like I think it, particularly in like this entrepreneur culture and that kind of thing, there's it's very toxic like work until you die, like, you know, like just keep grinding, keep grinding. It's like I've learned that obviously you've got to work hard and like I um, pride myself on the fact that like no one in my team, no one in the industry will outwork me as like, you know, someone who's managing and running a company like this, right? I want to make sure that I'm always there and always available, but at the same time, it's about consistency, you know? On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Rio. He's the owner of Market You, which is a short-form video editing agency doing over six figures a year. We'll be talking about how his early adult decisions built him into who he is today, the importance of communication and leadership, and how he manages his day-to-day when running a massive team of editors. Get ready to take notes and learn from this successful early 20s entrepreneur. I know that you, you know, you say that you say Nike and Adidas. Yeah. You grew up in the UK, right? Yep. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so I grew up in the UK for like my whole life pretty much. I moved to the US when I was 18. Um, But yeah, I grew up in the UK. It's definitely a different kind of lifestyle as out here in the US, particularly here in California. Like the high schools are like movies out here. Um, But yeah, the growing up in the UK was really cool. Um, I don't fold it. I don't hate on the UK. I think it's an awesome, awesome place. And I'm very grateful to have been raised like where I was, with the people I was. Um, I'm still in contact with a bunch of them and they're, they're awesome. Um, but yeah, just a very different lifestyle than, than out here in the US. And it was a huge cultural shock kind of when I came out. But yeah, grew up when I, till I was like 18 out, here, out in the UK, moved to the US when I was 18. And then I'm now 22, so I've been here for like four years. Um, and I've not actually been back to Europe or the UK in like that whole four years. It's been wild. Um, wow. So I've seen a lot of the US, which has been really, really cool, but I am heading back to Europe for the first time in four years in August, the end of the month. There you month. go. Are you going to visit UK on your way there? I don't know. Not on the way, but I definitely at some point will be visiting the UK when I'm there. Okay. So I'm there Good for like stuff. four months, so i got lots of time to like do stuff. Where are you from in the UK? Uh, a little island off of the south of the UK called the Isle of Wight. It's spelled W-I-G-H-T, and it's a small island off the south. I like to call it the Hawaii of the UK. Okay. Because it gets some of the best weather in the UK. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool little island, small, like, knit community there. Um, great place to, like, raise family for sure. I, I really loved it growing up. Um, but uh, yeah, that was where, kind of where I was raised. And I had some of my family also in a place called North Devon as well. Um, so, like, between the two areas was where I was the most. What were the biggest differences? You say there was a big cultural difference. Mm. What were the biggest differences between the UK, where you're at, and when you came here to California? Yeah, so I think, um, like, in, in, uh, 
in the UK, in California, or America, I'd say, just just a very difference between like how you are how you are in public. You know, like the Americans, are, like very open, willing to kind of say whatever and like compliment the stuff in public. You don't really see that in the UK. Like when I came out here and just going to like the grocery store or whatever in the morning, and like someone compliments your shoes, right? It's like it's the simple thing, right? It's like yeah. oh, that doesn't seem that much of a difference. But I never really had that in the UK. You know, unless you were like talking with your friends about like your new sports cleats or your new running shoes that you'd got and they were like commenting on them that they were really cool that you wouldn't really like just be like oh dude they're awesome or hey i love your like shirt or whatever you yeah just, like, really wouldn't do that and so that like portrays into like a lot of other things you know like i feel like out here in the us there's um the the idea of like money and wealth is like very very different to the uk like out here i feel like it's it's okay to be like showy with it and like it's okay to have the big house and like you know all of that things it can be a little bit toxic as well right because it's just yeah. about like showing off and that um but in the uk it's like very much more reserved more private like you don't really like show that stuff off or you know if you do people are like oh dude this guy's just like a showing off all his money and all that <laughs> so like yeah that was that for me was like a big cultural shock and to be to be around that as like a young person i think was was good for me because i was like wow there's like made me have more abundance because it was like there's more money out there than i yeah. ever thought you know so i think that was that was a benefit for me but one of the biggest cultural shocks that i had to like adjust to for got sure. you no that 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 is big you you see a lot of even just driving around downtown livermore you see corvettes everywhere you yeah. see all these not that those are super flashy but you you yeah. definitely see more of those uh more of those flashy cars around no 100 percent. i know that you uh you, we, we've talked before and you talked to me a little bit about kind of your come up in the uk and, mm-hmm. and how it's a little bit different are you, are you comfortable sharing some of that stuff yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah, so I, as I was growing up, I had a great childhood and have a great family. Um, definitely, you know, when I got into my later years, when I was around like 15, 16, 17, my re- relationship with my with like my mum and that side of my family kind of tanked a little bit. Uh, for both sides, there's no like no one's at fault. It was yeah. just like, you know, as was growing up and definitely tanked, uh, tanked uh, hard. But um, yeah, so I moved out when I was 17 um, at the time. Uh, I, I got a job um, and I couldn't drive just yet. Like I still had like, I think like eight, nine months until I could drive and like get my license anyway. Um, and so I was cycling everywhere um, to like school and all that, or I was getting the bus um, if I could. And so it was it was definitely a tough time um, in a sense, like emotionally, definitely, definitely really tough. But first time in my life where I'd really like struggled, uh, I would say like as an individual, um, to really question myself of like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Um, you know, and who do I want to be? What do I want to be known for? And like, what? how do I want to be portrayed in like, you know, the public eye? Um, and so, yeah, I just worked really hard. Most of my days would look, I'd get up normally around like 6 a.m. Um, and then I would either bus or cycle to school um, and then normally cycle because it work. And I'd cycle to school, do school for the day. And then around like 5 p.m., I would then cycle over to my workplace, uh, which was just a grocery store. Uh, I'd go and stack shelves like for the next like four or five hours, depending on my shift time. And then around like 10, I would head home, get home around 11 p.m., go to bed, and then start again. Um, so it was, That's it was the grind. Of, it was. It was, a, it was definitely a grind. Um, but I'm so grateful for it. Like at the time, definitely was like, damn, this is like rough. But coming out the other side of it, I'm like, wow. I think that has built a lot of my work ethic that I have today and I would not have it without that. So yeah, that's definitely like, that definitely contributed towards it a lot. Um, You know, I've always felt very supported by like 
you know, parts of my family and stuff as well. So, you know, dad's side of my family was, um, you know, very supportive. Um, they wanted me to like go through it, but they were very supportive in the sense that they were like, you know, wanted to be there for me um, if I ever needed things. Um, and then obviously they're the reason why I'm out here now in the yeah. US. Um, but yeah, definitely was a challenging time. Um, still struggle with my relationship with my with my mother for sure. Um, but you know, always always working on it, always trying to you know um, see if we can kind of repair or something a little bit. But yeah, definitely was a was a wild time. That, yeah. that like 16, 17 period was was tough. Now sixteen start starting living on your own at seventeen years old is, yeah. is early, dude. Yeah, that, that's was. awesome though that you that you had to experience that grind because obviously you run your business down market you it's mm-hmm. doing really really well you're growing at an exponential rate it's awesome to see um, how do you feel like having to embrace that grind having like obviously you can just not work you had rent to pay you had bills yeah. to pay at an early age how do you feel like that's benefited you as an entrepreneur that's growing his business yeah that's a really really good question actually like I uh, I think. I think an element to it is just all about like routine, right? Like I think in, particularly in like this entrepreneur culture and that kind of thing, there's, there's very toxic like work until you die. Like, you know, like just keep grinding, keep grinding. It's like I've learned that obviously you've got to work hard and like I pride myself on the fact that like no one in my team, no one in the industry will outwork me as like, you know, someone who's managing and running a company like this, right? I want to make sure that I'm always there and always available but at the same time it's about consistency you know so it doesn't mean I don't do the things that I don't enjoy because they're important to do you know like going like I'm a big runner I love to run I love to just like exercise in general so like that's a big thing to me Um, I have a beautiful girlfriend and love spending time with her so that's important to me spending time with my family when you know I'm around and stuff like that is important so doing those things is really important but consistently making sure that you're available for your team for your clients um, and making sure you're consistently investing in whatever it is that you're doing and that thing only not like multiple things is like been a really really key for me so for me it comes down to routine right so like at a young age learning that like routine was like really key for me so the fact that i was like my days looked the same of like getting up at six cycling school work back sleep again you know gym in there when i had the time and stuff like that like that was a you know just a routine that i built and so to do that um on a on a like a, a regular basis help me to now like still have a good routine um, but make sure it's being applied towards like one thing of just like just working on the business and yeah. doing like the exercise and stuff around the outside of that as yeah. and when it's needed and, and particularly in the service-based industry I think that's like really key because service-based industry is like you've got your nine to five of like when you've got to be online with everybody else with your clients and then the five to nine after that when you're then dealing with everything from the day wrapping up doing your reports doing all of those things that everybody else gets done during the day but because you're in the service you're servicing those people for that day and then you can start doing your business development stuff pretty much after that yeah. you know um, and that's how my days look at the moment like my my nine to five like i get up around like seven um, at eight, I normally like start my day with like meetings with my management team and that kind of stuff. Um, and then from like nine to five, it's just about like kind of troubleshooting, responding to clients, or you know if they want to speak to me rather than a project manager, they can do that. So you know responding to them. Um, and then after five is then when we start to focus on like um, or I start to focus on business development stuff. So do we need to you know redo our salary structure? Do we need to redo this or whatever it may be, um, just to help the business kind of grow. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what like. A day looks like now. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. You're you're 
just based on what I've heard about your business, you're a super operationally oriented guy. Yeah. You know your operations, you're great at SOPs, and you even talked about routine. Much different from kind of my skill set, where I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more inconsistent, but I'm, but I can have, a, I'm very intense at times, yeah. and then it kind of tapers off and things like that. So one yeah. thing I've struggled with is that consistency, is that routine, is that organizational aspect. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of keep yourself organized and not get stressed out by the overload of work that you can get as an entrepreneur because you you were in college growing your business too mm -hmm. so yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about those organizational systems you set in your own in your own life yeah i mean i mean don't get me wrong i'm not perfect as well yeah. right you know i try and stick to routine and stuff but i definitely struggle from time to time <laughs> you know um and i i did have a tendency before like having more consistency i'm not like completely consistent but before having more consistency, I definitely had a tendency where I would just like work ridiculously hard and then like have like a day where I do nothing. And then yeah. it was like, actually, that would have been a little bit better if I like just was a bit more consistent yeah. for those two days, you know? Hey guys, so just a quick break. I do this podcast to bring as much value as possible to as many people as possible. So if you're getting value from this, I'd love it if you would leave a review. I'm growing this completely organically, aka no ad spend, so it would be a huge help. Appreciate you and enjoy the rest of the show. So your question was around like how I... How you organize yourself, your life, your business yeah. to, to be able to maintain that consistency. Yeah, so I think it's just all about expectations, right? Like setting expectations with like people, the people in your life that like your time matters to is yeah. like just setting the right expectation with them. So like my team know that I'm like right now, like particularly there from 24-7. Like they need me, I'm online. The only times I'm offline to my team is from... Um, like midnight through to like 6, 7 a.m. when I wake up, right? Like the only, that's the only times when I'm actually asleep is when I can't respond. But the rest yeah. of the time I'm online if they ever need anything. Um, and so, and, and that doesn't like, that's not too hard because it's just responding to stuff, you know, those kinds of things. But in terms of setting expectations with the rest of people in my life, I think it's just, it's just knowing what like is a priority and stuff like that. Like my, my girlfriend, for example, really understands that work is important to me. Um, and particularly with the business growing it as it is, like I need to be there and service it. Um, but then like she's very big on the fact that I don't take that much time off for myself, like to do things. And so making sure that like, she's great. Like, she's like, hey, we're gonna go out for dinner tonight here. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Like I wouldn't have planned that if it was myself because I was like focused on this thing or this client meeting or whatever. But yeah. the fact that she did it means that, okay, great, we can go and do that or whatever it may be. And so she's, she's amazing at doing those kinds of things, but also then just making sure that, you know, she's an important person to me. And so making sure that like my team know that, hey, you know, I'm gonna be out for like three hours this evening because I've just booked it off to like spend some time with her or to, you know, do whatever I need, go to the gym with her or do some, do something, you know? Yeah. Um, and so just setting those expectations has been really key for me. And that's really how I like delegate my time throughout the day. You know, if I need to take time for myself or like yesterday, for example, I need to go and like, get some stuff ready for like all the traveling I'm doing, I need to get some air tags and I need to pick up some more hard drives for content and that kind of stuff. So just went out, took two hours in the afternoon, just ran out, grab all of that stuff and kind of bring it in. And so for me, it's just about, you know, again, that consistency of like, hey, the expectations that I'm online and I can respond. And even when I'm out grabbing any things, I will be messaging back and forth with you guys, but I'm not gonna be there ready to hop on a call as, as needed, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's about how, how I organize my life. It's just, you know, 
um, here's my expectations of what you can expect from me. Uh, if I don't adhere to that, that's on me, and I apologize. Um, but you know, here's what I, you can expect on a consistent basis from me in terms of delivery. You know, yeah. Um, and then that also goes internally, right? So like to myself, setting so the expectation of like, hey, you said you're going to gym today, or you're going to run today, or you're going to do whatever it is. Um, if like you then follow through and do that, you know, and, and do those things. So just making those promises to yourself or to the people around you, you can do this stuff, and then following through. Um, is, is the way I kind of organize and, and set up on, on that side of things. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. I think that when it comes down to you setting the internal expectations, that's unbelievably important because yep. that's how you because it's it's about yourself first, yep. right? Like you can't you can't deliver for your team, you can't deliver for your your girlfriend, your family if you're not delivering for yourself, going exactly. and following through with those things. So it starts there, and then when it comes to setting the expectations with the people around you, have you ever ran into the issue where you kind of set an expectation of I'm working from this time, I have to work this amount of time, and you've had some clash of like, okay, why do you have to do that? I don't yeah. like that you have to do that. And how have you handled that? Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Like, I mean, um, I think it definitely requires like understanding from the people around you. Yeah. But when, if there's not that understanding, like, I think there's a couple of things like you've got to consider if that person's right for you in your in your life yeah. and what you want to do because you know if you have a promise to yourself you know, like like I hate myself man if I don't do the things I'm going to say I'm going to do like internally you just hate yourself like, yeah. it's like a standard rule I think for just anybody it's like the the disparity between like what you think you are and like what you actually are doing is like hell on earth like if you're not close yeah you know if you're like really far apart like it's just, it's just horrible. And I've definitely had times like that, you know, where I've been negating, like, just not following through on these things. And so I, my, what I feel like is just getting further and further away mm -hmm. from, like, what I should be. And it's just, like, just horrible feeling yeah. to have. And so for me, it's important to be there. But I think it's about, like, finding people that align with it, you know. Like, if, if that someone for me is, like, doesn't understand it or doesn't appreciate that, then it's, like, maybe, you, you, you know, you're not, you do, you're not going through the same sort of, like, emotional development as me or we're not in the same place in, in life that you know we should be um and so maybe it's not right to have that kind of connection with that person whether it's business or relationship you know um but i think when i have had that it's like it's just more about consideration of what you value in yourself like is this relationship valuable enough to compromise you know my promise to myself for now or is it not so in which case sacrificing that relationship for the one you have with yourself yeah. you know um, and so, yeah, there's definitely times I like compromise, you know, with, with what I said I was going to do, you know, um, but making sure that then if you are compromising on that, if there's anybody else involved, communicating really effectively with those yeah. people of how it's changed, what you're going to do to make up for that change, and then make sure that they understand how the timeline, timeline is going to still get completed within the time frame. Yeah. And what's that communication look like for you? Uh, for me, very manual. So a lot of the time I'll just call. You know, uh, if it's to do with my team, like if there's an expectation set my team and I have to like extend it or whatever, um, then it will normally be like hopping on a call and like explaining what is happening. A voice message uh, is always good. I like voice stuff or face-to-face -face because you can understand tonality. Um, yeah, I just watched a podcast the other day of Ryan Pineda and I forget the guy's name. He's like a set the sales guy. Gotcha. Um, Andy and Elliott? No, d different guy. It was really new. It was like eight days ago, I think. Okay, so I know. I know he had Andy Ellen and he Bradley did have, out there. Yeah, it was but, a different guy. Okay, I, I'll, I'll find the one. I'll, I'll show it to you <laughs> after. Um, but he had him on, 
And he was talking about how like tonality is like so key in sales, for example. Absolutely. Um, and like I, I appreciate that, but I feel like tonality is just really good for like communication. Like my team, our team is like fully remote. Like we don't have any in-person offices or anything at the moment. Um, and so I really encourage like, you know, voice or call or just a quick huddle on Slack, you know, like just so people can really understand like where yeah. you're coming from because it's, it's, you can so quickly miscommunicate yeah. uh, if you don't do those things. So yeah, for me, normally just like a quick voice message or, you know, I will sometimes just like type out something um, like when, when it's more like visionary and needs to be referred back to, I'll normally do like a, a type something out so that people have something to go and refer back to. Um, but if it's more like, hey, there's been a change in expectation today, it'll just be like a quick voice message or a quick gotcha. call to like, hey, we're going to move this out or whatever it is.